0: Hi, this is Elliot Fisherman, and let's get started with our latest podcast. And as I mentioned, uh, I was going to have a number of podcasts, or podcasts, I should be more specific, that were based on material we presented at RSA 2010. And again, hopefully this will be one of the articles you read in press. But this is uh, on CT and CTA evaluation of cystic pancreatic tumors over three centimeters in size, the role of 3D mapping in lesion definition, detection, and uh, characterization. And this is by one of our residents, uh, Dr. Miller, and uh, the group from Radiology and Pathology at Hopkins. So what were our goals? And the goals were actually uh, pretty straightforward. Review the nomenclature and classification of a variety of cystic pancreatic neoplasms and we'll focus on those measuring three centimeters in size. Non-neoplastic pancreatic cystic disease such as pseudocysts will not be covered. Now again... All of us in practice see many incidental pancreatic cystic lesions, most are under three sonometers. Those typical small IPMNs, how we manage and deal with those, how we follow those, that will be the subject of another discussion, but these are the ones that are three sonometers or better. We'll look at the clinical features, diagnostic issues, and management of cystic pancreatic neoplasms. We'll review the CT characteristics with emphasis on CTA and 3D mapping and defining lesion characteristics. And we'll look at some of classic and challenging examples of cystic pancreatic neoplasms with discussion of the clinical imaging and pathologic features. So with that, let's get started. Some basic facts. Cystic pancreatic neoplasms represent a wide range of pathologic entities with varied and in some cases controversial management approaches. Cystic neoplasms may pose a dilemma for both diagnosis and management. Uh, These days, CT is the study of choice. We use MR occasionally, but the use of endoscopic ultrasound with fine needle aspiration and fluid analysis is being more commonly used. I know Dr. Cameron always makes the point that if you're looking for a reason not to operate, then you do endoscopic ultrasound. If the patient needs surgery, endoscopic ultrasound is probably not the thing to be doing. CT is critical in identifying and characterizing these cystic lesions. And with using CTA and 3D mapping, is not only helpful in lesion diagnosis and characterization, but also critical in patient management. Obviously all the work we've published, looking at the vasculature, looking at nodularity of the lesions, looking at enhancement, and all of the other findings become critical and we'll discuss those. And multiple classification schemes have been used over the years but new classification schemes are being developed. And uh, Ralph Rubin, who's uh, published uh, a lot on this, and here's also some of his unpublished work, kind of tries to put it in a very simple category. And there really will be eight categories. The first category is the serous cystic neoplasms, and in that is things we used to call microcystic cystadenoma and macrocystic cystadenoma. Also in this group are von Hippel-Lindau-associated cystic neoplasms and serous adenocarcinoma. So within the serous category, there are still malignant lesions. Then the mucinous cystic neoplasms, or MCN, are another group, and those are graded by degree of dysplasia and carcinoma. We'll talk about those. Introductal neoplasms, the classic IPMN, we talk about dysplasia and early carcinoma. These are the ones typically that are often smaller, and the whole question of managing and following these are a major issue, which we'll talk about, maybe not exactly in this talk. Under introductal neoplasms, we also talk about introductal oncocytic papillary neoplasm and introductal tubular neoplasm. We then speak about cystic aceter cell neoplasms, so-called acid cell cystadenomas and cystadenocarcinomas. We talk about epithelial neoplasms of uncertain direction of differentiation, the so-called solid and pseudopapillary neoplasm. We used to call those the Hamoudi tumors. We call them spend tumors. Again, younger patients, but we'll get to that. Ordinary ductal adenocarcinoma with cystic change, uncommon, but we see that sometimes. Cystic pancreatic endocrine neoplasms, we often typically speak about neuroendocrine tumors or PET, P-E-T, pancreatic endocrine tumors as being very vascular, but occasionally they'll be cystic, and sometimes the entire lesion is cystic only with some rim enhancement. So that's in the categories. And then lymphoepithelial cyst. So let's look at this a bit more carefully. First of all, a couple comments on protocols. Our protocol is pretty classic. Distend the stomach and proximal small bowel. We use between 100 and 120 cc's of non ionic contrast, typically Omnipaque 350. We inject typically, we like to go to about 4 to 5 cc's a second. Uh, delayed are typically 30 to 35 seconds arterial and about 50 to 60 seconds venous, depending on the scenario. We'll use the thinnest collimators, typically 0.6, reconstructing the slides at 0.75 millimeter slice thickness at 0.5 millimeter intervals. So 0.75 by 0.5, it's really good at creating very nice 3D reconstructions for us. It really allows us to get very good data sets without partial averaging. And that's a very typical protocol, right? Thinness collimation, 0.6, then 0.75 by 0.5. So let's look at these individually. Serous cystic neoplasms is most common in women or more common in women in the seventh decade of life. Older patients. The majority are benign cystadenomas. Cystadenomas can be microcystic or macrocystic, and lesions may be oligocystic, which can be very difficult in diagnosis. Cystadenomas can occur anywhere in the pancreas. On CT, classically, serocyst adenomas are well circumscribed, demonstrate central scar or sunburst calcifications. Again, that sunburst calcification, very central, can be very helpful and very specific for making the diagnosis. These lesions are benign and resected only if they're symptomatic or if the diagnosis is in doubt. Cyst adenocarcinomas are extremely rare, but in those cases we see secondary signs like nodularity maybe local invasion. One of the things with serous cystic tumors, even when they're large, they don't obstruct the common duct or pancreatic duct. When they start obstructing, which can happen sometimes, I always then worry about the possibility of neoplasm. So here's just a nice example, a 61-year-old male, asymptomatic incidental lesion, no history of pancreatitis or cancer. Um, You look at this lesion and what are you seeing? A 44 centimeter cystic lesion, central scar, sunburst calcification, classic for cyst adenoma. When you look at it a bit more closely, you really do appreciate that sunburst calcification. You also see the septations, the characteristic central scar. This is classic for serous cyst adenoma. A patient was symptomatic and so this was removed uh, and uh, the diagnosis was proven at pathology. Another example, here's a large cystic lesion. Patient had abdominal pain, but you can see this lesion is cystic. There are calcifications present. It's 11 centimeters, and sometimes these cystic tumors are indeed very, very large when you look at it with 3D mapping you really do appreciate the septations better. I have found particularly off the venous phase imaging I see the septations particularly that honeycomb pattern much better than I would see typically on axial imaging. I also see the honeycomb pattern better on venous than I do on arterial phase imaging. Um, this mass was resected classic cyst adenoma. Another example Here's a nice cystic case, again, well-defined. At first, you look at it and you say, gee, could this be um, you know, malignant? Is there a septation there or is that a nodule? Well, what you're seeing here is just under a 5 centimeter cystic lesion, tail of pancreas, there is some mural thickening and a small mural nodule. Um, you really would have to worry. When I see mural nodules, you're never going to simply follow this patient. Can you do endoscopic ultrasound with a... Uh, Fine needle aspiration and look at some of the fluid. The answer is yes, but if it comes back negative, that nodule is still going to bother you. And these are the cases where really you need to resect. And this was, you know, purely cystic. This was an oligocystic serous cystadenoma. So again, one of the varieties. This is the one you really can't diagnose, you know, and say, oh, leave it alone. This is the one that's going to come out. Okay. What about mucinous cystic neoplasms? These can be benign or malignant, and they're graded pathologically by degree of dysplasia and presence of carcinoma. So sometimes they look ever so benign looking, but a path will be malignant. Again, it's more common in women, 50 to 70 of years of age. This one's most common in the pancreatic tail, so when you see a cystic lesion in the pancreatic tail, you better be thinking about MCN does not communicate with the pancreatic duct so there's no duct dilatation it's typically oligocystic and occasionally may demonstrate eccentric calcifications but doesn't have those central calcifications you typically see with a uh, adenomas. you can see mural nodularity a thickening if there are cysts they're larger Uh, this this solid mass components and again when there are solid components that always increases the likelihood of malignancy. When I see a cystic lesion with solid components it's coming out you're really worrying about neoplasm. It's not always going to be malignant but there's a high likelihood indeed it will be and typically MCNs are indeed resected. There's a 43 year old, cystic pancreatic lesion, incidental finding, uh, has focal mural calcification We'll look at it a little bit more closely. Here it is again. There's no nodularity, but that area of calcification is sort of a mural nodule. Uh, It's of concern. It's not a leave-alone lesion. And and many times in pancreas, we've said this before, your decision is operate or not operate, follow or take care of things. And in this case, because you worry about that nodule, the best thing to do is remove it. This patient's cured. Um, There was no dysplasia, seen in pathology. Another example, 59-year-old, again, a cystic pancreatic lesion, again, tail of pancreas, no septations or calcifications. We can look at this lesion a little bit better with 3D mapping. When you start looking, there is this mural thickening and there is this suggestion on these images of a solid component. And you have to really worry. And again, you could see that on every image, this would not be seen, but when you start looking and enhancing with volume rendering particularly, you really have to worry about malignancy. This lesion was successfully resected and pathology revealed a uh, uh, MCN with mild dysplasia. So surgery was indeed the right thing for this patient. Now with intraductal papillary mucinous neoplasms, it's the most common intraductal neoplasm degraded pathologically by degree of dysplasia and presence of carcinoma, CT often can be helpful in suggesting malignancy, but not always. Uh, It's most commonly incidentally discovered. It's equally common in men and women. It's typically associated with duct dilatation. When it involves the main duct, it's a much higher incidence of malignancy, side ducts are most commonly benign. Again, MCN did not have duct dilatation, IPMN typically does. It can be multiple, uh, and that can be helpful when I see multiple cystic lesions, particularly uncinated tail of pancreas, I'm really thinking IPMN. And treatment, again, is controversial. It's guided by surgical risks and associated features, including involvement of the main duct. But main duct lesions are much more commonly malignant. Mural nodularity, when you see mural nodularity, you really have to worry about malignancy duct dilatation over 10 millimeters the larger the duct the more concerning you have to be and size and we typically talk about the Tanaka criteria over three centimeters typically that patient will get resection and all of these features increase the risk of malignancy so let's look at some examples here's an IPMN 79 year old male you can see it the patient's abdominal pain pain is also a risk factor We see a 3.4 sonometer cystic lesion. You see dilatation of the main pancreatic duct. But what you're really worried about here is the septations and nodularity. The duct is prominent. There's several other small lesions. The additional lesions don't worry me, but the septations and nodularity really worry me. We recommended resection. This patient had it resected and had a... uh, branch duct IPMN with high-grade dysplasia, so the right thing was done for this patient. What about this patient? Again, an asymptomatic patient, incidentally discovered. You can see a 5 a cystic lesion in the pancreatic tail. There's proximal duct dilatation. Again, the uh, septations. It's not a simple cystic lesion. This is not the leave-alone lesions. Do a distal pancreatectomy, and this was a moderate dysplasia. So that's sort of half of the cystic lesions and I'll tell you what we'll do is let's take a break and then we'll pick it back up with solid and pseudocapillary neoplasms. And with that, see you in a few minutes.